I see myself and my duty doing the right thing is by eliciting enough information from my client. You're listening to the She Renovates podcast. You're listening to She Renovates, the podcast for women who want to renovate to create an income and a life they love. Well, hello, renovators. It's Bernadette and we are up to our 98th episode of She Renovates. I can't believe it, to be honest. I didn't think I'd get past 10, so I'm pretty stoked about that. And I'm even more happy about the fact that we're going to be recording our 100th episode at the She Renovates Live event, which is happening this weekend. So the pressure is really mounting and we're on a roll now. We have sold out of tickets to the event, um, but if you do still want to be involved, you can get a streaming ticket. You get all the benefit of the live ticket, except that it is streamed online. So you still get the goodie bag. You can send your plans in for David to review. There are prizes and competitions, but it's just online. And that means you can enjoy from the comfort of your living room. Okay, let's get into this. So today I've got an old mate, Ryan Goodwin has a building company in Victoria. And given that Victoria has been through so much in the last couple of months, I thought we would send a bit of love your way. Ryan has a very diverse company and it's basically building, but I think he is a really good resource for our Victorian renovators. So that's the main reason I've brought him on. In my introduction to Ryan, I do mention that we're going to be talking about what he's seeing in terms of trends in design and renovating. However, we've got to be carried away and we didn't actually quite get to that. So we're going to do that in a second episode. So we'll call this episode one. Okay, let's get into it. Welcome, Ryan. This is Ryan Goodwin of Mode Developments and Mode Renovations. We've known one another for quite a few years, actually, haven't we? Because we've, we have. Yeah, and we're uh, in similar fields, similar but different. Ryan is a builder and a developer, and he has got a long history of renovating, flipping as well. We're going to be talking about a few things. One of them is really in terms of when someone's looking so you might be you know doing a reno or on your own home and you might be looking for a builder sorts of things that you need to look for ryan will tell us about how his business operates so he's pretty much jack of all trades um, but i'll get him to fill us in on how they operate and then i think we'll move into talking about what sort of trends he's seeing in the design space and the fixtures and finishes of um, renovations. And yeah, we'll see where the conversation takes us. So welcome, Ryan. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No problems. So firstly, do you, do you want to give me your version of what you do? Uh, sure. Great. And thank you for the opportunity. So we're, we're a Melbourne-based building or designer building firm. We've been in, uh, in, in this space for some 20 years now. Um, had this current company for over 12. So we've 
seen some success in the last few years and a bit of growth. What, we, what we're really well known for is serving our clients as a bit of a one-stop shop. So we're a bit of an inclusive type builder where people can come to us for advice, design, you know, build uh, projects. So our business specialises in all renovations and extensions, whether they be small cosmetic projects. Uh, we're really well known and our signature products are bathrooms and kitchens and, and some of that designer uh, creative space, um, all the way through to large extension, second story, large construction projects and some uh, developments as well, in, including new homes. So we do cross over a, a fair fair way. My experience um, has, has seen me kind of sit in those areas uh, for many years. So um, I guess our core business really, and that'll serve some of your students and, and listeners would be our, our approach, I think, to being quite creative uh, heavy in advice up front, uh, working through designs. We really love to be creative, probably like many of your listeners yeah. might be. Love to kind of study trends and like to get their hands dirty from as early as we can and, and also right along uh, with our clients for the journey. So we invest heavily in our business structure model in the front end. So we have myself as a certified kitchen and bathroom designer as well as a registered builder in Victoria. Uh, we've got an interior designer on full-time, an architect now part-time uh, within the business as well as drafties and building designers. So, so we have a bit of a, a one-stop shop when it comes to supporting people through that design and implementation phase of the project all the way through to construction. We, yeah, so, so we specialise in the kitchen bathroom space. Everything is creative and, and, and detailed with, with us. Um, so we're not your average builder. You know, a lot of builders you might seek advice or support from and they build new homes or they tell you, you should knock it down because they want the easy job. We're a little bit different. We take on the ugly ducks every day. And I trust some of your listeners are probably on the search for those ugly ducklings that you can turn them into beautiful swans, I guess, as an analogy. And so we, we have that already. It's instilled in us. And, and to be honest, it's who I am and what I do. I, we're being an extension renovation builder too. There's no two projects are the same for us. So we really don't shy away from the, the complex or the creative or, or again, you know, that ugly duckling in the street. So uh, we know many others do try and take the easy route as a builder and, and often provide that, that really mainstream advice to people when it comes to projects. And I think that often there's uh, missed opportunity in, in projects or, or when, when it comes to building equity or, or wealth in those projects or simply just by choosing the wrong builder. They might be, you know, really great people, but they may not actually have the expertise or discipline around how to really get in there with you and, and show you what could be done differently and, and um, made yeah. better. I always think with the builder, it's definitely an advantage to be working with a builder that's done buy, renovate and sell before if, mm. uh, if that's what you're doing. Because I think typically with the builder, you know, like if something doesn't go perfectly to plan, you're able to raise a variation and, you know, like that's just how you dealt with it. But with a, you know, if you're renovating, you sort of need to, I guess, anticipate as many of those issues as possible. And it's not just a matter of, well, just pay more money because every, yeah. you know, dollar that you go over your budget, then that's coming out of your pocket. So I think, yeah, there's definitely a different mindset and it's important when you are selecting a builder that you do go with someone that understands your um, parameters. I think you, you, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, from, from my own personal experience, and I say this nearly on a daily basis as I meet with my own clients or pros, pros, prospects, 
you know, what we do and, and what you need to be involved with and the relationship you, you choose to go down this path with should be with the builder, especially in renovations and, and if it's for profit, especially. Those builders who, I mean, you can ask for recent jobs, you can ask for photos, you can check the website, but really one of the most, uh, I think, valuable messages might be to your listeners to very direct questions, but also be comfortable in the knowledge that you gain from them in regards to their experience in this space. Builders are builders, trades are trades, and, and I, I'm not going to go into all of that. I'm sure you've got other podcasts to, to work through that. But what's really important, and I find myself saying a lot, is that often if I'm standing in a home with a, with a client or a potential client looking to quote or discuss a plan or some designs, ask, you need to leverage off our ability, history, and skill set around what I see seeing through walls. It's a bit of a, a take on words there, but the reality is with 20 years of experience of being in all kinds of different situations. And I could tell you we're probably four or five thousands of projects, you know, deep now. You know, our ability to see and forecast um, those those potential issues, the squeaky floor, the dip in a room, the ceiling that drops, the, the damage in an area that, you know what, there should not be water in that area. It's not backing onto a shower. And, and so you really need to kind of tap into our sixth sense in regards to seeing that before you know it. Now, assuming some of your listeners are seasoned, uh, renovators, but I'm assuming too many may not be. And you really, trust me, you need to be able to trust in those that advice and you really need to be able to sound out first does that builder have that sixth sense and ability to save you what you don't and i'll be honest i'm confident in seeing things most builders don't and that, that again is just because it's what we do every day we don't just do this sometimes we don't do one or two a year we we just sit in this space every day so i'm kind of happy to fly our flag but more importantly generally speaking to your students and listeners around the country you need to be quite direct in the questioning of your builders to make sure you're comfortable with your interpretation of their experience so they they will tell you what you need they that they think you want to hear but but you need to make sure they're bringing progressive uh, answers or raising items that maybe the last builder didn't say or things that you hadn't yet seen or thought of i, I look like I look quite funny sometimes walking in a house. I, I bounce around checking the floor and I, I, I will go into areas that others may not. And, and for me, it's really about, I see myself and my duty doing the right thing is by eliciting enough information from my client, you know, triggering enough questions or thought. So we can both have two-way conversation about maybe how something could be approached or done or finishes. It may be reflected upon your budget or not. You know, there might be those hidden nasties that, you know, we need to deal with up front from a cost point of view so that they're factored into a scope of works. And, and, and at least, you know, I also feel part of my duty there as a licensed builder is to, um, you know, kind of be available to answer any, any questions as crazy as they might be to you. But, you know, we want to make sure we're educating our clients or our clients um, our, our people on site right from the get-go so there's kind of never a silly question and for me I think I ask more questions than my clients do uh, because I also know that it's my duty to kind of help them kind of walk through the process as well in, in it may be understanding but but that then extends into my method or our, our ethos in regards to educating clients around decision making too and it may be around choice of finishes it could be a budgetary concern it could be structural it could be something that they've never thought of before but you know what guess what we've got this way this way this way we can manage it so we really like to be quite forward and i am and and probably spend more time with clients at that early stage is because of that opportunity to present different options and ideas so that ultimately and i'm sure you also would be an advocate for it by the time you're coming to fix quotes 
and contracts. They're very clear. There's no areas and everyone's had the opportunity to be informed and work through those choices if they're available. And, and so ultimately, you know, by that stage, the client knows exactly what they're doing and have presented some good options and the build is very clear on what needs to be done. Actually, I'm just going to go somewhere really random right now. I, so I think it must have been the fact that we were going to be talking today. I had this dream last night. So we've been planning a renovation on our place. Um, I had a dream that we actually did it and that we engaged a builder without getting any quote or anything. And I was really concerned about the kitchen because I wanted to see what he had planned for the kitchen. And he gave me the plan and it was a tapestry. Oh, geez. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And then I saw that he'd already done the kitchen and I'm having 40 fits because he's done all this random stuff and he's got vinyl on the floor that's like fake parquetry. And, oh, God, I woke up in a cold sweat. But um, with the pricing thing, there's always a dilemma and it might, at your, the level that you're operating at, it might not be such an issue. For us, it's always a dilemma. Do you get them a, get a fixed price quote or are there times when that's, like I always think if you're going for a fixed price quote, they're going to build in danger money. Um, but are there times when, you know, that's not the best way to go forward? Like what's your view on that? So, so my, my question, to answer that thoroughly or well, I think I would say what type of project and the reason I'll, I'll explain that. So even as a builder, I have a full-time team, 25 people, both in the office and on-site trades and we're cabinet makers. I've got plumbers, renderers, carpenters, unit plumbers uh, on, on staff, but we still operate at a larger level too and I have some 60 to 70 contractors working around us full-time every week. Uh, they're our, they're our, our larger group. Often though, when we're outsourcing our trades, it could be electrical, it could be plumbing, it could be roofing, it could be painting, for instance. I'm trying to be familiar with what your audience will be using. Something like painting, there's such a variable on on job by job and painter by painter. So I trust that you would also have you know, a, a few painters to consult with and, and on every different job, it can be different. Every painter will look at the job differently, the heights, the labour, the volume of materials, the days, you know, does your painter look at a square metre rate? Does your painter calculate it by labour days? Does he look at a danger money? So, so I think much like yourself and your listeners, even as a builder, as crazy as it sounds, I'm a trained expert, we also need to consider the same question when seeking pricing from some of our subcontractors or or our grader and these guys have been with me for years some of our trades have been with me for 15 years and I'm still having them price and quote jobs and seeking locked in pricing so I think what's relevant would be to answer this differently two ways one is to become educated so educating yourself and that's your experience so it's leveraging off the the lessons that people like yourself and your great organization shares and trains people in which is you know priceless but also as people grow through their own successful renovations and projects themselves, they're going to learn their own intuitiveness and, and, and build on their knowledge base. So I would say, you know, information is king here. So you would make sure that you would be engaging people to quote where possible and giving them the same script, the same playing field so you can compare apples for apples, but also maybe giving them a lot of uh, or seeking how they review their pricing. Are you going to price this by days? Or is this a labour plus materials plus margin? Or is this, not everyone's going to give you the same information, but you'll get a sense. I don't want to say feeling, but you'll get a sense through those experience of how people might 
approach it. And then you'll get a feel for how those people who have worked for you approach quoting it for the next job. And you'll find that, and in my experience, again, I've got a range of people that I love and I would refer and work within my own home and our clients, but I know what will suit one painter, I'll use the same example, one painter better than it will suit another painter. And so from a cost perspective, I know which one I want to go to for that project. So to go back to what I said earlier, it kind of depends on the project and then which contractor. So from a fixed price, to answer your point, I think a, a fixed price quote from any trade or builder is best as long as the, the, the level of detail and information inside that is very clear and you're very confident of their ability to answer any points that you raise in the past. So you're very clear on what's in and what's out. Yeah. I also think that sometimes the best way and only way as a builder can be that we're going to have a fixed price contract for the project. But hey, what I've realised, and I hope that these people would have raised it with your clients or I would, while we're going towards a fixed price contract, there might be two or three items in the scope that we're unclear on, that we're a little bit uncertain or not not, not confident, but we won't know until we get under the floor. We won't know until we bring the wall down. We may not know until we jump in the roof if you need to move that wall. So parts of those things can be mitigated by, you know what, before we go to a fixed price contract, we need to send someone to the house to get under the floor and get in the roof. So my message to your listeners would be, assuming you know some of these things or, or it may have been raised, you know, pursue a bit of clarity around these items so that the builder, you know, be available, get someone around with a ladder, send the engineer in or have the builder ask them, you know, I might need to get in that roof and have a look at some point. Great. We'd like to select you. Now's the time we would like you to come back and do any of the last due diligence, jump in the roof, look under the floor. Can we, can we help by doing anything for you? I think yeah. it's a really important thing for being, being forward about asking those questions. I was just going to jump in there and say, I often think, you know, particularly with things like, because often we'll have white ant damage or and where you really don't know the extent of it. And sometimes it's worth doing the demolition before you bring in people to quote so that they can see exactly what they're dealing with. Sure thing. And if that's if that's the model um, either you're taking or you're, you're suggesting to people, and I'm sure if there are some clients or some of your students that are, well, listeners, I should say, that are really keen on getting their hands dirty and, you know, stepping in and doing a bit themselves to do well, some of those. That, <laughs> we try yeah. not to do it. Well, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Look, I, I'm coming from the builder's perspective yeah. and I'm thinking really, because I can send apprentices in to do it probably three times as quick and we yeah. know what we need. And you don't have to have a visit to the ER room with a, with a cut finger or a broken foot or something. But, but in, in saying that, I respect some people would want to do that and some won't. So I think given the opportunity, I think really to summarise, allow the builder to come back and see for what it's worth at that stage. So if you're having early discussions and early quotes, yeah. one thing, but if you're then working through the stages with maybe quote revisions or the builder or the job, the site has changed at all, absolutely engage with them again. Um, so would you like to come back? We've uncovered the floor, the wall, the t- termite damage, whatever it may be. So I think allowing them to iron out any creases that might have been proposed earlier as a question mark. In saying that moving forward, um, you know, there's a couple even for our projects at the moment, large, large uh, kind of renovation projects that we identified some issues. One is in a floor under a floor that we just couldn't get access to. Another has been in another area of, of, of mould damage that we just weren't clear so we're really upfront about that and, and obviously had included X amount of, of assistance or investigation time and work. It's now a great time for us to bring the client back and say, even though we've got a fixed price contract, we highlighted this in writing 
that we were unclear and we've had dialogue with you. So we're all on the same page. Now's the time that we can actually see properly. There are different ways we can now approach it and we'll provide some, some context around what we would do, what we suggest and some pricing as by way of variation. My model traditionally isn't always about tapping the client on the shoulder for variations. I think that's a really, while it is our right, while it, there are clauses in contracts and while that's traditionally what the, the industry has been known for, I as a builder know that I can make clients sleep well at night by being fixed price, all inclusive and hence why our service delivery really being an all inclusive type builder can support a lot of people by, you know, not having them lose sleep over those unknowns. It's really incredible. I think, you know, obviously there there comes a part time when it's you have to, but I always think I look at how reasonable are they with the variations. Because sometimes, yeah. Yeah. you know, when extra work comes up, obviously it has to be paid for if it's not allowed and it's not included in the scope. Yeah. But sometimes yeah. that is very minor and can be done without a significant cost to the contractor. But sometimes it can't. And I think as renovators, really got to take responsibility, certainly also, because some of those variations come out of change of mind, which can be, yeah. I'm sure, is really frustrating being on the other side of that. Can be. Look, as a business model, we have in-house designers. So we, you know, for instance, we would in, uh, entertain our clients in our showroom to do colour selections and fixture selections, sit and work with our interior designers. We actually produce internal joinery plans. So your, your dream last night of um, not knowing what was going to happen um, <laughs> is, is a little different. So for us, um, if, if we're supplying installing, which we typically would a kitchen and other things, we're actually designers and cabinet makers in their own right so yeah. um, we're not your average builder so you would have already loved the experience with our interior designers in our showroom we show 3d models and images and rendered documents and so you've got a whole experience with us we really hopefully you've, you've had a bit of fun with it but you're very clear we've got 2d and 3d elevations and plans and and, and a specification that goes along with our contracts so you should be really clear on that and effectively by the end of that we're just building what we've put on paper now. So we know we'd spend a little bit more time up front doing that. It's, it's a little bit labour heavy, I guess, from a builder's perspective doing it. But we, we watch our clients um, have that experience. And, and some, I'm sure a lot of your, your listeners and students are very clear, very confident, and also maybe well experienced in doing this. So they might need a little bit less help, but hopefully love the journey just as much. And I'm sure maybe some of those uh, listeners that are new to, to starting out on their first project probably really need us in their life because we get to, you know, just, just reduce the gap of the knowledge base or the risk, you might, you might call it. You know, they've probably been on Pinterest for months and now they're looking to become educated. Now they're looking to go out on their own and do their first project. And it's really exciting and, and that momentum should stay. But like in any big business or I'm sure like you train them in other areas, having that really great team around them can learn to trust and trust at least on us to bring um, improvements. We're often bringing improvements in those design meetings to the design integrity, the resale value, the, the, the sexiness, the, you know, the wow factor to the room. And it doesn't even mean it needs to cost you more. And in fact, sometimes we're actually working very hard with our clients, depending on the circumstances, to maintain that high level of wow factor, but by bringing that budget down. It's, it's the perfect recipe, right? It's what everyone wants. I'm sure your listeners want. How do we get more for less? There's sometimes just sensible ways of doing that. And I, I know that's what you are an advocate of and teach, which is great. And, and we see it in, in a one-on-one basis where we're meeting with our clients and showing them what that can look like. All the way down to selection of finishes and materials and things. So 
Yeah, I, I, again, I don't think we're your average builder. We invest heavy upfront in education and showing people. We want our clients to have an experience. And how that, um, I guess, relates to your listeners, whether they be first-timers or not, is simply about knowing, sometimes knowing what you don't know, right? You know, so you know, you know what you know and you, know what you, you don't know what you don't know. Don't be scared to ask. You know, don't be scared to put yourself in those positions. But, but first, you've got to be comfortable and confident with those relationships to know that to get right back to your first question, asking those questions of people that you know should have some answers for you, yeah. uh, that should be able to give you options. It's not the builder who happens to be building next door the new home, but he doesn't work in the renovation space or he doesn't follow the markets in property to understand what the trends are right now or understand that we could spend X but get a greater return for you because your model is to sell or your model is to keep as an investor and and reno- and. and you know, have, have uh, tenants in the pro- property or something like that. So I think really testing or build it to see where they come from. Yeah, well, certainly we bake into our systems seeking feedback from the builder because, mm. you know, it never fails to amaze me. You can take three different people through a project and get three totally different ideas. And that's yeah. really valuable because, they, you know, like the plan is never set in stone because the more information, as you said, information is everything the more information you've got around how something can be executed, you know, really forms the plan as you go until such point as you do end up signing a contract. The relationship between a builder and an owner or a renovator is um, is a, a relationship of trust. And you would know this, when you're handing over a project to a builder, they take complete control of that project And so you are at their mercy. So having someone that you trust is critical. That's why I uh, bring people on this show that are people that I would work with because sometimes it's really hard to figure out whether you can trust someone or not. So, yeah, so thanks for that and for sharing your expertise. Something I wanted to ask you is, I know we're going to talk about trends, but I reckon we're going to run out of time, so we might have to have another ish, uh, another session. We'll have another I'm happy, <laughs> happy to do that. One happy. thing I did want to ask you is, how, it, how are you coping with COVID? I notice you've got about 20 carpenters on staff. We do, yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah. how's that yeah, going? So, so it's it's been we've had to pivot like most uh, the the um, word of the moment. We're I, I probably just say at a macro level we're quite lucky in a sense that we 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 nearly split our business into one focusing on small cosmetics and bathroom kitchens, internal renos and reconfigurations, and we've been able to finish a few jobs because it's the only kitchen in the house. But we're not been able to start others. So that side of the business, while being a very busy side for us, has actually meant they've got about eight or ten people in that that team. Has actually meant that those guys haven't been able to go and start more jobs uh, for our clients. So our clients are very understanding. On the other side of the business, we're doing some new homes, very large extensions, second stories. And, and most of those projects are not home owner occupied. And so those jobs that have been underway have, have just meant that we've had to shift a bit in the limiting of numbers of people on jobs. Uh, we're restricted to amount of um, workers on site, et cetera. Um, but we've been very lucky. I've, covered, I've carried a little bit, but most of our team who have had to stop on some projects have been able, we've been able to take them into bigger projects. So we've been very lucky that no one really, other than a couple of days here and there, has gone without full-time employment and work with us. It's been a little bit, a fair bit of admin work, of course, for us. And now where our management of those sites is quite tricky. If you need, you know, our plastering team or our roofers, and we've got to move guys again, 
But we've been quite proud that really there's been not a great negative effect to our team, my family and people that I protect here because of the volume of, it's been a fair bit of hard work and we've, we've had to move things around and also restricted on starting new jobs. We can't do that because they're not required. So yeah, we'll be really pleased when, when we open up again in a couple of weeks, but it looks like we'll just work our way through to that and, and not really be so negatively affected from a working and labour point of view from my team, which I'm grateful for because I'm responsible for so many, albeit our cash flows are up in the air and things haven't happened as we'd like. But I, I feel if, if, if my role has been one that has been, you know, had to shift and be creative to me that we're still providing full-time incomes and work for all of our teams, our families and their families and their mortgages. And if that's, you know, what, what we get to do, then I, I'm quite grateful that we've been able to get through this okay. That's admirable because I was wondering, you know, when you've got a big team, that can be very challenging. And I know a lot of companies, and I was talking to a student the other day and she said that trades are only allowed to work on one site per day. Is that correct? Some of those have changed, and I'm, I'm also, a, um, a, a, to, to answer it differently, I'm, I'm lucky enough to be um, invited to be a HIA Housing Awards judge, and here in Victoria, I sit on the judging panel. So just yesterday, we had a, a meeting, and I'm, so I've got a direct line with the Executive Director of HIA Victoria, which is really lovely. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't mean that I get any special treatment, but it, it, it's great to get clear information on those chances that, that I can, you know, we're meeting. And so with their hard work, HIA and others, master builders and other industry bodies, have really campaigned well to governments. So that that one per one site per day had changed a few weeks back. It, it went to, for a specialist trade, it was three sites per week. It's now up to three sites per day, depending on that trade. There are some categories, but in, in summary, the restrictions are, uh, are lessening or loosening around some of that right. in these last few weeks. And so we're really all hanging for it to be lifted. I don't think it will lift totally. We'll still have to have um, COVID safe work, de- work safety plans hygiene practices and distancing, I think, for some time, perhaps masks as well. That's just going to be the way of the world for this year, I believe. So, so but, but if that means all of our teams and our contractors can go to work and earn an income and pay their mortgages and put food on the table, that's a small price to pay, um, I think. So there has definitely been some limitations and currently it's uh, our sites and no more than five people on it at any, any one time plus the supervisor. Um, we have to sign in and sign out. There has to be, um, um, yeah, uh, inductions done. Uh, yeah, there's a whole management of, of those things. So, and that, I guess, is just becoming good practice for our sites, albeit a little bit tricky. Beautiful. Well done. So I think we will have to schedule a second session because our time is up today. But, um, <laughs> We'd love to. Happy to. Excellent, excellent. So we'll get on to what people want in their renovations because that's always really valuable information for us. And so what I will do is include a link to your website in the show notes and, yeah, and we'll also put some, some examples of your work, which would be great. Just want to thank you for being on today. So just reminding you that Ryan operates out of Melbourne which is my second favourite place. I normally spend a lot of time in Melbourne. I'm there at least once a month. But, of course, since COVID, that's put an end to that. Hopefully that will be up and running again soon. So thank you again. See you next time. <laughs> yeah, thank you. And any, any listeners, look, we're, we're just um, happy to offer any advice or help. So um, I, I hope that we could be on another podcast, um, you know, maybe give insights to not only trends, but maybe some award-winning trends. Again, I'm, I'm lucky enough to be... 
you know, actually giving out the awards or part of the, the, the body that are giving out awards for, for market and industry leaders. So um, being available to, to offer any insights or advice we can. So um, you just let me know what you need or your listeners yeah. would love to help. Well, I'll love you and leave you. Thanks so much and yeah. I'll be in That's touch. Okay. See Lovely you. chat. Thanks for having me. See you then. Bye. Right. Bye. So I hope you enjoyed that episode with Ryan. If you would like to be part of the recording of the 100th episode at the She Renovates Live conference, all you need to do is go over to our website, www.theschoolofrenovating.com, no AU, and you'll find a tile on the homepage that takes you straight to the She Renovates Live event and you can grab a streaming ticket there. Okay, on that note, I'm going to sign off because we've got lots to do between now and Sunday. Have a great week and I'll see you next week. This is the She Renovates podcast. To discover how to harness the power of renovating, check out theschoolofrenovating.com.